This is Paul Gallant on 710 ESPN Seattle. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. At Gallant Says on Twitter. Text into the show at 710-710. Hello and welcome aboard the Paul Gallant Show on this Wednesday, August 25th of 2021. I am Paul Gallant and the Seattle Mariners just two games swept the Oakland A's after a wonderful victory yesterday. A decisive one. One that we were not holding on to our butts all throughout. Could have been entertaining, I guess. An afternoon game where you're tense, you're not 100% sure how things are going to go down. But honestly, I had a little bit too much of that Sunday and on Monday against both the Astros and the Oakland A's. How do they get there? Well, it started off with a little Luis Torrance and a two-run single in the top of the third inning. Here's a 2-1 pitch. Breaking ball hit the other way. Base hit right field. Seager walks home, bobbled out there by Canna, the second runner. That's Toro. He comes around to score. And Luis Torrens gets the job done. A two-run single, and the Mariners have a 3-1 lead third inning, and it all happens with two outs. The contributions keep coming from guys up and down the lineup. Monday it was Jake Bowers. Luis Torrens is still giving you some when needed, big-time contributions. You're also seeing Jared Kelnick all of a sudden have a two-hit game, a game after he was able to snap an 0-for-20 drought. And this time, he's adding to the old slugging percentage, not hitting a home run, but blasting a double. Here's the set, and the 0-1 pitch, swing and a fly ball into deep right center field. This one is going to be beyond the reach of Canna. On the one, he tracked it off the wall. Rounding third, heading home. Murphy will score. In at second goes Jared Kelnick with an RBI double. The Mariners add on. Here in the top of the eighth inning, it's now the Mariners four and the A's one. You get the convincing lead there, and you're feeling pretty good because Chris Flexen was dealing. Here's Christopher. Christopher, keep dealing for us. Again, trying to put Murphy away. The 3-2 pitch. Strike three called. Got him on the outside corner. Wexen wins that battle. His fifth strikeout and the fourth looking. All in all, Drew Steckenrider comes in, closes things out, and the Mariners are 11 games above 500. That's the best it's been all year. Maybe that number can continue to increase. And it's interesting to see the way that their road trip went. They go 6-2 and two on it, even though they got destroyed by Houston a couple of games and had a negative run differential at the end of it. But Scott Service put a nice little spin on it at the end. You know, heck of a trip. We go 6-2. and two. Uh, I say all that. Somebody just told me our run differential was minus 9 in this trip. But our fun differential was about plus 90. So we're going with that. And we're going to ride that one a little bit. So uh, uh, great trip. Well-needed uh, day off. To kind of reset our bullpen and we get back home and get after it there. So I don't know if the Mariners did a little Photoshopping here. But BaseballReference.com has a, has a fun differential listed for the Seattle Mariners. And obviously their run differential for the entire season, it's still in the negatives. But the fun differential is plus 90. So I don't know if baseball reference is having a little fun for a day. But that was a fun line from Scott Service as he continues to have this clubhouse feeling pretty good about itself 
even in the wake of catastrophic seal clubbing-esque losses. And yes, that's how you should describe the Friday and Saturday losses to the Houston Astros. They are very good. And this team has had issues with Houston. They have had issues with the New York Yankees. But what they've done this year, it's impressive. As I said it just a moment ago, they're 11 games over 500. They're 8-4 and four against the A's. They're 6-1 and one against the defending American League champion Rays. They're 4-2 and two against Toronto. They are 2-1 and one against the White Sox. They are 2-1 and one against the Giants. One game out of second place in the AL West, three games out of the wild card, 127 games into the season. And yet, two men still aren't extended. One of these two has managed them past embarrassing insults from one of their bosses, injuries, moments of chemistry disruption, has made smart plays with the bullpen, a bullpen that has, I think, been overachieving, but the way that they've been used, maybe this is the reality, I think they've been used well, and helping elite prospects get out of slumps. Oh, and by the way, somehow finagling just enough runs out of a rather pedestrian lineup. That's one of these two guys. The other one acquired Ty France, Chris Flexen, and Abraham Toro over the course of the past calendar year, in addition to transforming Seattle's farm system into the league's best in three seasons. Their names are Scott Service and Jerry DePoto. I don't know how many people have watched the hit 1990s slasher, I Know What You Did, last summer, starring Freddie Prinze Jr., Sarah Michelle Gellar. Ryan Felipe, and of course, the one and only Jennifer Love Hewitt. To quote Jennifer Love Hewitt, uh, Mariners, when it comes to contract extensions for those two. What are you waiting for, huh? What are you waiting for? I'm spinning around dramatically in my chair like Jennifer Love Hewitt does after yelling that. What's the holdup? I want this done now. And yes, I'm just a... Simple sports talk show host that is ranting into a microphone and complaining for a living, as I do every single day. But what's the holdup? Really? Do it. Is, it. is it money? I mean, per Kevin Mather, who continues to be the albatross that keeps on dragging, I imagine, the front office down. You got money. And money should not be a holdup when we're talking about anything that does not involve the luxury tax. If you want to uh, be a big boy franchise... That's what you have to do. I get it. Profits, blah, 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 blah. I don't care about that. I will talk about you as a team that has an obligation to the city to win. You want to keep these guys around, right? Because the direction that they are pulling this team in is clearly up. Scott Service has gotten better at his job. Jerry DePoto has gotten better at his job. There's a very obvious answer to how to keep this going. Give them contract extensions. And whatever they're asking for, honestly, do you really want to negotiate that hard? Don't you want to look like a model franchise? A franchise that looks at its most important employees and says, yeah, we're going we're gonna to give you exactly what you deserve. And maybe there's something going on behind the scenes that I'm not aware of, and I, I hope that there is, because this should be done. You are 11 games above 500. You're three-quarters of the way through the season, barring an epic collapse. And it would have to be epic. And I suppose it's possible just given the lack of bats in this lineup. But 
this team is going to finish above 500. And I don't know if any of us expected that going into the year. And to take it a little bit further, I mean, if this isn't a success right now, what is? I mean, what what more can you ask for from this group? Oh, I guess do better against Houston and New York? That's legitimately it. As far as things I can point to this season and say, it would have been nice if they were able to accomplish this. But if we're talking report cards right now, it's a B plus. It's an A minus. Obviously, things can change in the final month of the year. Even if they were to collapse, wouldn't this season be a success still? Jared Kelnick got out of a slump. You discovered something in Chris Flexen. You discovered something in Paul Sewald. You discovered something potentially in Abraham Toro. You have clearly seen that Ty France is a really capable player. You have seen a lot this year that should have you feeling pretty good about the future. Jake Fraley's actually turned into a decent player. So at this point in time, what is it for the Mariners that is holding up a contract extension? I want the deal done now. I get it. Things take time. Negotiations, blah, 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 blah. Don't care about any of that. Get it done. What are you waiting for? I'm Paul Gallant. This is the Paul Gallant Show. 710 ESPN Seattle. 710 710 is the Mac and Jack's Brewing Company text line. That is how you text in. You can tweet me at Gallant says 206 421 Your chance to be heard. That comes up every single morning on the Paul Gallant Show at 1015. You can watch 710sports.com slash video and see me dramatically reenact Jennifer Love Hewitt. I don't look quite as good. You can also, on top of that, tweet in at Gallant says. Listen on your smart speaker. Listen on the 710 app. This hour of the Paul Galan Show is brought to you by Advanced Hair Restoration. Right now, it's 1010. That means it's time for What's Trending, brought to you by Kings Heating and Air with Maura Dooley. Maura, what's going on? Oh, I don't know if I did that right. You did. Okay. <laughs> you can sing to each other for the rest of the show because that's what everybody wants. Oh, boy. Well, See, up. you're good. You you move on from this. You are the per, you are the governor that keeps me in check. Yeah. <laughs> falling into my baser instincts. Yes, we won't subject him to that. Uh, we have plenty to get to here. First off, the Rams have acquired Patriots running back, former first round pick Sony Michelle. New England will receive two conditional draft picks, one in the fifth round and another in the sixth, that could possibly turn into a fourth. Um, basically, it's a compensatory pick for a guy John Johnson that they lost to the Browns. So depending on how he plays. The Patriots will either get a fifth and a sixth or a fourth. We are rather familiar with Sony Michelle. I think Sony Michelle is a solid, above average running back. I do not think he is special. And I feel like he's a bit of a downgrade from what at least the Rams got out of Cam Akers last year. It's a lot to be putting on a guy that I, I, I think that New England is looking at right now and they were probably wondering whether or not he was going to be able to win in a really crowded running back room because there's Damian Harris, there's this other guy that they just brought in. So Ramondre Stevenson? Yes. Yeah, he had like a 90-yard touchdown run in the in the preseason for New England. I don't think this is a big move for the Rams. It's a little expensive for a guy that, honestly, who knows where he was in the roster conversation at this point in time. It also makes you think about the what if. I mean, Tony Michelle was the second running back taken off the board in the 2018 NFL draft. Rashad Penny, oh, check that, he was the third. Um, the first one was uh, Saquon Barkley, but at the back of the first round. Then after that, it was uh, Rashad Penny. 
and after Rashad Penny was Sony Michelle, and then after that it was Nick Chubb, and that's the one that everybody looks at. So I'm thinking about Rashad Penny right now. I do not think that Rashad Penny is a bust. I don't because I feel like he has at the very least shown he can play at this level. The problem is injuries happen. So right now he is somebody that I'm looking at and yeah, his career might be affected and ended at least as far as what it could have been potential wise before it really ever took off. I'm not going to necessarily hold it against him. This is what happens. And if you draft a running back in the first round, I, I really strongly believe that your floor is about as high as it's going to get for any position out there. Yes, you can go in a different direction, but I think we also sometimes look at the draft and we don't think about the clock and about the countdowns between picks and how draft boards dramatically change and how guys that you want fall off the boards and go to other teams. That is a difficult spot to be in. This does not me necessarily making excuses. I just think that we expect first-round picks to always be hits. And it's closer to 50-50 for the entirety of the round than, honestly, any of us would want. All right, we're starting to get some teams making it official with their quarterbacks. The Jaguars announced that Trevor Lawrence will be their starter week one, and the Broncos have revealed that Teddy Bridgewater won the job over Drew Locke. That one is surprising that Bridgewater won over Locke because I guess you can still talk yourself into the idea that with Locke, there is something untapped, I guess. But, I mean, you're hoping. I can't believe Denver didn't draft a quarterback. Don't you think this is underwhelming, Mora? I I just think it's uh, I, ironic that John Elway can't find a quarterback. <laughs> It is something else. The only one that they've had success with was when they just brought Peyton Manning in, and you know he's proven. Justin Fields was available. I think they thought that they were going to get Aaron Rodgers this offseason. Elway's out of the equation, which is probably good as far as roster development. And George Patton, the guy's in charge. Some influence. If you ever lived in Colorado, you know Elway is. (laughs) He's everywhere. This one's for John. And this one's for John. And this one's for John. <laughs> From the touchdowns or the first down scramble that he had in Super Bowl um, 32. As far as with the Jaguars, we, we knew that was coming. And I'm curious as to if Gardner Minshew gets traded somewhere else. Some people are of the mindset that Lawrence might not last the whole year because they don't like the Jaguars offensive line that much. And Travis Etienne getting hurt is not necessarily a good sign. Um, as he had a Liz Frank injury as a running back. I guess if you look at what happened to Burrow last year, it is a possibility. You never want to see that happen, but um, your offensive line's a question mark. You want to do something about it. If you have that pick at the back of the first round, yeah, that's probably... See, in that situation where you drafted a young quarterback, that's probably one of those situations where you look at your running back and you're like, eh, is that something we should be prioritizing at this point in time? The other when weird... you already have James Robinson coming off of a really good year. Exactly, more. That's that's the really weird thing about it. Like, did he forget that James Robinson's on the roster? Robinson was pretty good last season. Where where would you I think take it him? Was that situation where it's like I want my guy? Yeah, I have a fantasy draft this weekend. Where does James Robinson go? Because you're our fantasy expert. Uh, I think that definitely should move him up I'd have to look, let me take a peek at the we, 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 we can come yeah, back to this I can let you know we, we should do a, uh, a really quick fantasy segment before we get into the draft because I have my first draft this weekend yeah. I'm the defending league champ gotta get it done gotta bring it home again 
Oh, yeah. He's going like below um, DeAndre Swift, who I don't like at all. Miles Sanders. Oh, so he's going later. People aren't, um, people he, aren't yeah, liking him. Right now. Well, I'm, some people may have already bumped him up, but this this is Fantasy Pros ranking. So he's uh, right now about 23. I would bump him right up now to like right below Chris Carson and David Montgomery. Like 19. RB 19. Okay. Running back 19. Wow. That's okay. That might be a steal. She is Maura Dooley. That is What's Trending, brought to you by Kings Heating and Air every single morning at 10.15. Akalon says on Twitter, 710-710 is the Mac and Jack's Brewing Company text line. Let's unleash the hounds. 206-421-3776 is how you call in. What do you think is holding up a contract extension for Jerry DePoto and Scott Service? I don't think it's gotten to a point where things are awkward, but I'm getting impatient. Get this thing done, guys. But how do you feel about it? Do you actually have a sound reason as to why there should be a little more caution where I am being too impatient. You get to say that right now. 206-421-3776. Again, your chance to be heard. Your voice. Your opinions. It's time to be heard. Every day at 1015 with Paul Gallant. Be heard. 710-710, Paul. You are no Jennifer Love Hewitt. I am offended. What, a guy wearing a, a pasty white guy wearing a t-shirt and a hat? Doesn't look like Jennifer Love Hewitt? Okay, fine. Uh, I'm offended. Uh, another text, 710-710, on the Mac and Jack's Brewing Company text line. Chill, Paul. I am 100% convinced that they have already reached a deal with both the manager and the GM. Someone else had tweeted this, that they, they're of the belief that perhaps there is some bigger role in store for Jerry DePoto. And I hope that that is the case. I know that we had a conversation earlier this year about when Theo Epstein was available. Oh, Theo Epstein is someone that they're going to be able to bring in. Eh, I don't know about that. But maybe there is something in the works. Uh, this text continues. Maybe they don't want to announce it right now because the last time they announced it during the season, it backfired on them, and the team went into the tank period. Yeah, I, I, I get that that's something that happened, but... That's almost like you're believing in jinxes. What? Are, are Scott Service and Jerry DePoto going to affect the play of the guys in the lineup every single day because they get an extension? Like, are players going to stop hitting because they don't want to play for Jerry or something like that going forward? I don't buy that. Text in 206. I have no issues not extending Jerry DePoto's contract. He has proven that he can build a minor league system, but he cannot find the fitting pieces to build a contending playoff team. He keeps pushing the goal post back on a playoff experience. Sorry, he should be gone. Stop making excuses, Paul. You do realize that when you fire a general manager, you are pushing the goal post back because that person is going to come in and wants to do things his way, but he will take time to determine how to do things his way. To make a comparison to our industry, when I was in Houston we got a new program director. The new program director came in, had different ideas for the lineup, themes, etc. Took him a while to make moves. Guess what? Eventually he moved on from me and others. And I don't know that things are necessarily taking the step forward that you want, but that that's that's just how it works generally in business. A new boss comes in and he has different ideas. It could work out. It might not work out. I feel like things are going pretty well for them down there, and I hope that they are. I like a lot of the people that still work there, including the guy who let me go. Like, I don't have an issue with him. But that's that's how it always works in business, and it, it works like that in sports too. 
710-710, that's the Mac and Jack's Brewing Company text line. You can call in to 206-421-3776. Let's move to the phone lines. That's where we go. And it's Greg in Granite Falls. Greg, what's going on, man? Hey, hey, how's it going, Paul? I'm doing well, Greg. What you got? Um, So, you know, uh, this baseball team has been great this year, and I 100% uh, think that they deserve an extension. Um, like you were saying earlier, uh, it could be an inside reason. I'm hoping the same thing. Uh, I'm hoping that it's just, you know, they don't want it to be a too big of a distraction during the season. But, you know, you got, you know, Scott choking up and in these uh, press conferences. And, you know, he, he's just, he pulls for this team and he believes in this team. And these guys are great. Well, I want to see him back. So appreciate the phone call, Greg. He's emotionally invested. That doesn't happen all the time. But when you have someone like that, emotionally invested, I mean, they're living and dying with this. This is their focus every single day. I I, I would make the same case, too, for Jerry DePoto. He is so invested in this. You don't want to see it out. You don't want to see this process out with the young players that they've brought into the fold. Sure, it has not necessarily worked out right away for all of them. Logan Gilbert had a nice start. He's cooled off. Jared Kelnick was a disaster from the beginning. Evan White couldn't hit. But Kyle Lewis was pretty good when he first came up. Hopefully he'll bounce back from injury. The moves that he has made where he has been looking at guys for a couple of years, Ty France, Abraham Toro, those guys have panned out right away. He found Chris Flexen in Korea, which is really impressive. Keep in mind, this is a starting rotation that has been without Justice Sheffield, who was their second-best pitcher to Marco Gonzalez last year for a really long time. And when he was pitching, he wasn't pitching so well. Justin Dunn, too. Those guys are still waiting, I imagine, to come back in. But at this point, do you even really want them? You've found a, I think, solid starting rotation. Marco Gonzalez is back on track. I mean, you brought in James Paxson. I I thought that move made sense, but he got hurt. A lot of the moves that they have made – have been smart ones, and along the way you have had the one constant, the guiding force, who's extremely emotionally attached to this team. To me, this is a no-brainer. I hope that something is in the works. It should be. And I am impatient, no doubt about it, but if I'm in charge, if I'm John Stanton, I, I would not be waiting. So I'm hoping that there is something going on upstairs that I'm completely unaware of. I'm Paul Gallant. This is the Paul Gallant Show, 710 ESPN Seattle. Joining me next in the sports pit, Larry Stone. He put together a nice column about the Seattle Times, in, in the, about, not about the Seattle Times, in the Seattle Times about the Mariners and the way that this season has gone. We'll talk to him about that. What a realistic goal is for them the rest of the way and a whole lot more. Don't go anywhere. It's 1030. And that means it's time to get in the sports pit. In the pit where all that stuff goes down, and if you don't have some freaking toughness, you're going to get your, you're going to, you're going to fail. With Paul Gallant. And joining me right now on the Issaquah Pest Control Hotline is a man who wrote a fantastic column in the Seattle Times. The title, after being ridden off yet again during the playoffs, these Mariners show they are indestructible. He is Larry Stone. Larry, what's going on, buddy? Not much. How you doing, Paul? I am doing well, and I really liked the beginning of this piece where you t- begin saying, how many times this year have the Mariners been dead and buried, ridden off for good? It's a great point. 
Friday and Saturday, the most recent example. Luckily, I didn't watch those games, but goodness gracious, to see the updates on my on, on my phone, and on top of that, to get all of the annoying texts from friends that I have in Houston, Larry, was painful. And yet, Sunday, they bounce back with a come-from-behind win. Yesterday, excuse me, on Monday, they do the same thing, and then finally they win a casual game against the A's yesterday. They have a remarkable way of bouncing back. What do you think is the reason for that? <laughs> I, you know, it's it, it's really hard to put your finger on. There's been so many times this year, as I wrote in this column, when it looked like they were just done. Uh, certainly at the trade deadline, with, with the with the backlash over the over the Graveman trade, and then they lose. I think nine out of thirteen. And, and, you know, everybody thought they were done then, and then they, they come roaring back, and that had happened many other times this year. Uh, you know, I think that there is a resiliency to this team, and I think once you do that a few times, you start to believe that you can do it again. And uh, I, th- I think you got to give Scott Service a lot of credit for holding this together. Uh, you know, I think he's put himself into a position where he's going to get manager of the year votes if he's not – the outright favorite at this point, a team that a lot of us thought was going to lose 90 plus is now 11 games over 500. Uh, they have a, they have a really good bullpen, which allows them to, to hang in games. They've, they've shown a propensity for clutch hitting, but it's just sort of in a lot of ways inexplicable, but, but I think it just kind of builds on itself and grows on itself. Inexplicable is the best word. And I don't know what the best unkillable thing is in the fictional universe, whether it's Jason from Friday the 13th or Michael Myers from <laughs> Halloween, or it's like Rasputin from the real world. But this this way that they bounce back is really incredible. And I do think Scott Service deserves a lot of credit. Where do you think this team is when it comes to an extension for him? I imagine Jerry Depoto is the first one that would be in line for it. That's what I began today's show with. I, I, I get that things might be going on behind closed doors, negotiations and stuff. But I mean... Feels like it's pretty obvious to just get this extension done, and yet we are still waiting. Yeah, you know, three weeks ago I wrote a column that this was after that great win over the the Astros, probably the best win of the year with Dylan Moore's grand slam, yep. down seven to nothing, and they come back and win. So I, I wrote a column the next day saying that they should it's it's time to extend service and Depoto, and posted it 15 minutes before the great trade was announced, <laughs> and all. And all hell broke loose, so it kind of got lost in the shuffle. But uh, I think they're they're definitely headed in that direction. Uh, you know, I don't see how you can't. You've committed to this rebuild; it's showing signs of of blossoming now. You know, you're in contention, probably a year ahead of what they they internally thought. Really, if they would be honest, and you know, service we just talked about. Uh, so. I'm surprised that we're on at August 25th and we haven't heard anything. Uh, but I wouldn't be at all surprised if, if very soon there was an announcement, uh, probably about Depoto, and and then then I would I would expect that service wouldn't be too far behind that. We, we all know Depoto's done a fantastic job of rebuilding the farm system, and that the trades that he has made recently they seem to have worked out, even if they were maybe disagreed with in the moment. Austin Nola getting Ty France. Abraham Toro for Kendall Graveman. I mean, it has, to this point, at the very least, worked out. But obviously, every single move has not necessarily gone the way that they wanted. We'll see with Jared Kelnick. It's it's early, obviously, with him. With Evan White, there are some questions about that. Overall, 
how do you feel about what he has done in terms of just acquiring young talent? It's one thing to see yeah. those rankings and, you know, feel really good about them, but it's projections and it's nothing necessarily guaranteed. Yeah, that's the really interesting thing, Paul, when you analyze this team and where they are. They're winning, but the guys that you want, uh, they want and we, we've expected to be the cornerstones of, of the future just you know, aren't really showing it. Right. You know, Evan White has a career batting average of 160 Ooh. or something like that, and he's, he's hurt. Uh, you know, Kelnick just hasn't taken off yet at the plate. He's showing some good signs, but he's still at, at 150. Kyle Lewis has missed most of the year with a with a knee injury that puts you know his future at least as an outfielder. It makes you question where that is. So those those are the three number one draft picks that uh, well Kelnick wasn't their one number one draft pick, but essentially he's the same as a number one draft pick, and they all have question marks. Even Logan Gilbert, who was so right. good uh, initially as an ERA now above five his last four starts have, have not been good at all so uh you know the, that makes you question the future a little but i i still think that those guys the the the, the majority of those are going to be good players they've got more guys coming it's the number one farm system now by baseball america julio's right behind george kirby emerson hancock um so and the other guy i didn't mention was cal raleigh who's also under under 200 so uh in general I think he's done a fantastic job of stocking the farm system. He's made some shrewd trades that you mentioned. He's made some bad trades as well. There's, mm-hmm. there's some talent. There's some, I did a story at the All-Star game of, of five or six All-Stars that, that the Mariners had traded away. It's oh, kind yeah. of fit pieces in, in trades, and now we're, we're All-Stars. So, uh, But every GM is going to have those, those skeletons in their closet. And I think overall it's hard to argue with the job he's done in talent accumulation. Larry Stone with me in the sports pit. The title on the Seattle Times of his column after being ridden off yet again during the playoff chase, the Mariners show they are indestructible. I highly encourage that you check it out. So Ty France has been hitting really well, and you've been getting pretty good performances out of your starting pitching too. It's been consistent. Chris Flexen, the most recent, Marco Gonzalez as well. But inexplicable, I think, is the correct word to describe basically <laughs> everything we're seeing. You know, I, I'm trying to figure it out. It's, it's not even like they're hitting better against relievers, which I thought might be a possibility yesterday. Got checked by a baseball cognoscenti friend of ours, Luke Arkins, and I'm like, you know what? Okay, that's not the reality. I, I don't know how to explain it. What needs to happen to keep this going? Because there's a part of me that continues to feel like this can't be real. How are they doing this? Because, as you mentioned, there's a lot of guys right now outside of Thai France that aren't doing what you would expect. I would say Mitch Haniger in particular, who seems to have cooled off a bit, though he has hit a couple of home runs recently. Yeah, I think if if there's one thing that needs to, to happen is the the offense needs to go on a surge. Uh, Service said after the game last night that he feels like it's coming, that there's one offensive surge left in this team you know it could be as simple as something like uh, jared kelnick just getting hot finally uh at this stage and and just being red hot over the last uh six weeks of the season that would be a huge boost for the team or, or cal raleigh they're capable of it um but you know they they got a run differential of of in the fifties still, which it's a fun differential, right? <laughs> yeah, that they, they, they should be under five hundred with a with a minus fifty run differential. So uh, 
you know, a lot of the, the success they have are, are the so-called little things, good defense, uh, you know, smart playing, that, that uh, good base running, things like that, that, that really don't show up uh, in too, too often in, in, unless you look at the really arcane stats. Uh, there are stats for those, but most people don't look at them. And um, so, you know, there's there's always a chance that it falls apart because it is a house of cards. But I think now at this point, with 35 games left, I think uh, they're too far into this to think that that's going to happen because they've had every chance for that to happen and it hasn't yet. It, it really is something else. I, I'm I'm certainly enjoying it. I, I know you are too. And, and check out Larry Stone's piece in the Seattle Times his column about these indestructible <laughs> Seattle Mariners. And also check out the extra inning podcast that he does with our other friend Ryan Divish. Larry, always a pleasure, man. And uh, hope to see you out there at uh, a Seahawks game soon. Yeah, I'll, I I will be out there. Uh, Ryan and I are going to record a podcast today, so check uh, check out uh, in the next day or two for that to be posted. Uh, thanks a lot, Paul. Anytime, Larry. That is the Extra Innings podcast he is referring to. It's it's a good listen. I enjoy Ryan. He's a funny guy, and there's a good back and forth between he and Larry. All right, 206-421-3776. That is how you call in. What do you think is holding up uh, an extension for the Seattle Mariners? Also, something the Seahawks did yesterday has me a little bit concerned. I'll tell you what, that is next. You're listening to Paul Gallant. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Every day at 10 on 710 ESPN Seattle. Seattle. We did see a trade in the NFC West yesterday that had nothing to do with the Seahawks. It was the New England Patriots shipping Sony Michelle off to L.A. in exchange for what will likely end up being a fourth-round compensatory pick. It makes you think a little bit about Rashad Penny and drafting a running back in the first round, the do's and don'ts. I say if you like the guy enough in the first round and he's on the board, take him especially if it's at the back of the first round. There's a very good chance that you're getting into territory there where you might end up taking the best player available because other guys that you like, they're gone. And then then the guys that are left are guys you don't like. Don't draft the guy you don't like just because you have a position that there's, there's maybe more upside for, like tackle or wide receiver. You know, we talk about positional value all the time. We don't talk about when players vanish off the board. But that's not what I want to talk about with the Seahawks. They made a trade themselves yesterday. They traded what will likely be a late-round draft pick for John Reed, who is a a cornerback that was a fourth-round pick by the Houston Texans last year out of Penn State. The trade is concerning because at this point, you don't make trades at positional groups that you don't have serious questions about. Maybe serious is a strong word, but obviously the Seahawks lost Colby Parkinson. It seems like he'll be out for quite some time, so they signed Luke Wilson. They're concerned about the depth there, but there's a positional battle going on at cornerback. Trey Brown is apparently banged up. DJ Reed is coming back from a groin injury, and I don't think that Akello Weatherspoon or Trey Flowers have necessarily done anything that makes you feel great about either of their ability to be starting corners for you. And Pete Carroll's bringing up Demarius Randall as someone that he wants to see something out of. The cornerback group is a major concern. And I I think the hope has to be that by the end of the season that these guys improve. And that's possible. Defenses tend to 
go through a lot of changes over the course of the season. We obviously saw it with the Seahawks last year, where the first half of the year they were historically bad. Second half, better. How good they were, subjective. But I am concerned about that cornerback group. I think you should be too. 710-710 is the Mac and Jack's Brewing Company text line. You can also tweet me at Galan. says, the question of today's show is, what do you think is holding up a possible contract extension for, one, Scott Service, who we actually saw smile yesterday with teeth, or Jerry DePoto? What's the holdup? Some text. This one depressed me. <laughs> a little tinfoil hattie. I'm beginning to worry that Scott Service's recent and obvious revelations of emotion are because he believes he won't be managing his club next year. Please talk me down from this sickening anxiety. Oh, my God. Why did you say that? Why did you even put that energy out into the air? Now I'm thinking about it. I'm going to be thinking about this all day. So you ruined my day. I don't think that's actually the case. It is an interesting theory. Honestly, I would read into him being happier as, and, and I would say too, like Jerry's been bubbly with us when he's been joining us on Thursdays. Like, I do think that things are not at a point where there's tension. I could be wrong, but I think that both Jerry and Scott know that they're definitely making very strong cases for extensions for themselves. I would just say if I'm, I'm brass and I'm, yes, advising millionaires who know a lot more about making money than me how to spend it, but money should not be a deterrent. First, when it comes to hiring coaches or hiring general managers. And second, when it comes to moving on from them. Yeah, if you have to buy out somebody's contract, so be it. You have to buy it out. Move on. You are a millionaire. You are a you know, multi-million, if not billion-dollar organization. That's how it works if you want to compete with the big boys. Uh, another text, 710-710. Paul, the Mariners need to re-sign Scott. I don't think a change in management would go over well in the Mariners' clubhouse. I, I agree. I, I think you want to, especially with some of the young players, you you look at your coach in a specific light, and I think when a bunch of young players are coming up at the same time and seeing the way that service operates, and also not knowing anything about service when they come in. So there's going to be a deferential respect to them that maybe some of the veterans, they look at him in a little bit of a different light because they realize that over time he's he's gotten better. But usually your first impression of somebody is the impression that you were going to have about them for Probably the entirety of the time that you know them, unless they're a super close friend, specifically in the workplace. People are going to view certain people in this industry as X and nothing more than that. I would say that happens all the time in radio, you know, where somebody is going to look at a host and say, yeah, I see you as this because that person has only been this. And they're maybe not so sold on giving that person an expanded role. It stinks, but it's a reality, and sometimes you need to change places to, to realize that. But I also think some of these young guys coming in, they're going to only look at Scott Service as a, a, a very easy figure to be differential to. <laughs> Text, DePoto should be shown the door. The Graveman trade destroyed our season. You wait. Calm down. Calm down. They're 11 games above 500. No, it didn't. It clearly did not. They got over it. If you think that the bullpen, which has been the strength of this team, losing one pitcher and bringing in a guy in Diego Castillo who has been disappointed, is going to send the, the season down the toilet, then, I mean, they weren't that good to begin with. And right now, this is all house money, isn't it? I mean, that's the best part about this year. No expectations, no pressure. Just enjoy it. 7-10, 7-10. We didn't mention this. And I would be remiss if I did not 
give this man the thir- the verbal thrashing that he deserved because I was the one who stumbled across this quote. Paul, the best thing about yesterday was this crappy team driving that A's starting pitcher out of the game after just three innings. Cole Irvin. Yeah, 100%. That guy stinks against the Mariners. He, I believe, is now in three starts against the Mariners this year. Allowed 11 earned runs and 11 and two-thirds innings pitched with eight strikeouts, four walks, but 22 hits allowed. And what's, I think, delicious is that Cole Irvin actually did finally give the Mariners a little credit. It took him three starts to get there, to go from calling them a team like that that shouldn't get any hits against me. He said this, they are a good ball club. I know a few guys over there. Yeah, I would hope so now. They are fighting for what we are fighting for, which is a playoff spot. But they're, they're winning, too. And you're losing. And that's wonderful. This has been the Paul Galan Show, 710 ESPN Seattle. Big thanks to everybody who tuned in, to Larry Stone and the Seattle Times who joined us. Check out his podcast with Ryan Divish, Extra Innings, and also his latest column in the Seattle Times. To Maura Dooley, who produces this show every single day. I am really Paul Gallant. So long, farewell. Jake and Stacy are next. And Russell Wilson, coming up. You want to listen.